This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. And away we go. Topics worthy of discussion for Pizzaville. Pound 3636, off and running on one of these days where the inclement weather might have kept uh, feebler folk at bay. But no, we've got three people in studio rounding out our panel. Anthony Fury, SunPost Media columnist and national comment editor. Good afternoon, Anthony. Hello, John. What a day out there. What a day, and uh, great of you to come in. I appreciate it. Joe Mahevic, former city councilor, currently lecturer at the University of Toronto Scarborough campus in urban studies. How's Joe? Joe is great. Another day in paradise. Oh, sure mm-hmm. is. All right. And David Sparrow, the national president of ACTRA, the Film and TV Actors Union here in Canada. How's it, Sparrow? I'm great, John. I've been here in the heavy rains of August and the winds of October and now the ice of February, and there's never been a better day for talk radio. You people will never be deterred. That's the beautiful <laughs> thing. I mean, and uh, you know what's impressive, too, because... Uh, both the Sparrow and uh, Joe Mahavik coming from the ranks of the NDP. Anthony, you're kind of the outlier here, but that's all right. The first person I voted for in my life was Jack Layton. Nice. Yeah, growing up as a a teen there, an idealistic young man stalking Mm. the mean streets of East York. (laughs) All right, but you have grown up, right? (laughs) (laughs) That being said, hey, before we get to the dark side. Well, I've got to ask, because uh, I'm not sure which side you guys are on exactly. I should put a cone of silence on each of you respectively and find (laughs) out. First of all, Joe, uh, what is your party's position on Venezuela? Wow. Well, it, it, it's a complicated issue, and I think uh, it, it's not it's not something that can just be said in a tweet. Um, clearly, there's something happening in Venezuela that's attracting attention and concern, deep concern mm. uh, around the world. Uh, the Europeans are in on it. The Americans are in on it. And yes, uh, we, the NDP, has uh, made some comments on it. Uh, they are asking for a nonviolent approach. Uh, a, a an approach that is going to be consistent with the European Union, which is, I think, the way to go. Um, I think... Well, that, that is, give Maduro a week and uh, hold legitimate elections, or they can't support him, then you, you shift your support to this Guaido guy, right? Well, you, you, at the end of the day, uh, yes, or you're pushing, you're, you're moving in concert with others. You're moving in concert with the European Union. You're moving in concert with a number of Latin American countries. With Canada? Seek a nonviolent solution and a mediated response to it, which so, is different than what the Trump folks are doing. Some of the folks there are already salivating with their oil companies on getting those resources uh, from uh, from Venezuela. All right. So you're seeing a CIA-inspired coup of a legitimate democratically elected No, government. no, no, no. But uh, there, are, there, are, there are interests and there are interests. And I oh. think that has to be also factored into how this thing plays out. But we're out. getting mixed signals from your party. I guess that's the point I'm making. Sparrow, it's a conversation. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought it was a shame the Bay of Pigs didn't work the first time, John. Yeah. We should give it a give it a second and third and twentieth go. Maybe I'm just rubbing it in gratuitously for the sheer fun of it. Uh, David, did you want to weigh in? I mean, do you have a different position than Joe? I'll just say that international issues like this are way above my pay grade. But I will I will say that uh, 
Just because the liberals take on what is really an international opinion at this time doesn't necessarily mean they're supporting what the extreme Trumpian view might be on this. And from some of the uh, articles I've read, too, um, I, I will I will <laughs> join that there is a, a nuanced conversation to have and support Joe in that. But I think that, um, uh, you know, just to come out and attack... Uh, the, the liberals on, on this issue, as if somehow they're wrong, avoids the nuance. And, and really, I think that we all need to um, have a really constructive conversation about yeah, this. Yeah, I, I see. I, I was under the impression there's more or less a consensus here. And uh, the Lima conference that was held, Christian Freeland hosted in Ottawa on Monday, seemed to suggest, you know, we're all kind of of the of a, a like mind or the same mind on this. Uh, am I wrong about that, Anthony? Yeah, for sure. I get what Joe says about a nonviolent approach. So that's why, you know, you should have turfed Chavez a decade ago and why Maduro's got to get out because, man, it's total anarchy there. And, and I think the nuance in all of this, and the Lima Group is foreign affairs ministers from the neighboring countries of Venezuela. This is not, you know, at all the same as those, those CIA things where you're figuring it out from you know, Langley or, or, or you know, the, the State Department or something like that. Uh, what the Constitution in Venezuela says, that is, if the president is, is, is vacated from the position or inauthentic or anything like that, and everyone's saying this is inauthentic, the election was not right, it goes to the head of the National Assembly. So they didn't pick Guaido out of a hat. He's not like... Uh, you know, some sort of uh, figure that Trump has personally picked out. Right. He's the guy who's head of the National Assembly, and he will have this temporarily, and he will have to convene elections where he could run and maybe win, or maybe another guy will run and win. And this is what the neighboring countries say and what it seems like the Constitution says. So it looks like Christia Freeland is, is fully on the right path here. Yeah, and by the way, by all accounts, he's a socialist too, so uh, where's the harm of the foul fellas? However, I didn't want to digress too uh, deeply into the weeds here. I just wanted to make a note that it seems like Jagmeet Singh is the leader of your party, and he's conflicted or confused on the signals he's been sending out, and others have corrected him within the party, just uh, having some sport. Let me get closer to home now, uh, and where we've got a real issue and a divergence of opinion has to do with health care in the province, and Doug Ford, you know, there's uh, talk, because Andrea Horvath, your leader provincially, has come into... Uh, some draft legislation, she says, uh, shows it's a done deal. They're going to privatize health care and yada, yada, yada. But what a, what is wrong with privatization of, of delivery services uh, within the public system itself? A little bit of competition. Is that necessarily a bad thing, Joe Mahavik? Well, uh, we've already got know, it. Someone who's been to the Shoulders Clinic, which is a private clinic. Yeah but it's paid for by public health dollars. Mm-hmm. And I have as much right to be there as any person who is wealthy or any person who is who is uh, uh, poor. You're, you Jack, went right to, Jack, Jack went there too. Jack went there went there too. Privatization of healthcare means that you can jump the queue and get specialized treatment in perhaps different hours, different institution, and that you do not have to go with others or... Um, is uh, that what you think that Ford is uh, putting on offer here, based on the scant details that have come out there in the Andrea Horvath papers? I think that I think that's part of the picture. Yes, to, yeah. to basically be able to jump the queue privately to get a service that is not available to everyone else. All right. Or is it fear-mongering here? This is just the narrative they want to take hold. I don't have any inkling that that's on plan. Do you, Anthony? No, I mean, look, they're talking about how to better deliver healthcare services. So to your point, uh, there are a whole bunch of private delivery models already, or, you know, quasi-private. They're all within the single-payer umbrella. We're looking at ways of expanding this. I, I mean, th- the bottom line is that Doug Ford was brought in on a mandate to clean up the books. The books are 45% uh, healthcare. You're looking at big picture there. To find these billions, you 
going to have to look at different efficiencies, new ways of doing things. It seems the way Doug Ford's always talking about nurses and doctors and when Rob was in the hospital and I understand his mom was recently in the hospital. I mean, he, he clearly has a has his heart out for the front line. And then they got to do the tough thing of, of rejigging the numbers and the management and stuff in the back office. And, and I think that's what a lot of this is. All right. And so, uh, <coughs> Mr. Sparrow, and uh, by the way, if I mean, if we do we concede that something has to be addressed in health care? Well, I think we always have to keep a close eye on health care. However, what makes Canada Canada is public health care. It's great education. And those are the two most costly files. And when the governments get in, they can kind of look at the bottom line and say, what costs the most? Well, let's start doing cuts to that and changes to that. That doesn't necessarily lead to the best services in, in health care. You know, when you use the word competition, competition, frankly, means profit. And when you get private uh, health care services, then it changes equal access. And, you know, I was yelling at the radio yesterday uh, mm-hmm. dur- during topics worthy of discussion because one of your panelists, I believe Kevin, was uh, speaking about his MRI. He has an experience where he's apparently waiting three months and they want to wait three more weeks. My doctor prescribed an MRI for me at the beginning of of December, and I phoned the the clinic because they gave me a a date in February, which would still be coming up. I phoned the clinic uh, at at one of the public hospitals and said, I'm willing to come in at any time of the day or night. Put me on the waiting list. And three days later... I was having my MRI done. I saw my doctor early in January here. He uh, gave me a uh, referral to the fella who does the knees right, of so the Jays and is, the Leafs, the and I'm seeing him tomorrow. You're saying it's not broke then? You're I'm saying, saying it's not broken. It, it's basically... Well, how do you ac- account for hallway medicine? And, uh, I mean, your story, it's obviously anecdotal. I can, it is, and, and, and as, so are is many, as are many stories. Right. And let me talk about hallway medicine. Absolutely, there's a problem with not enough beds. I, I uh, That needs to be fixed. So what are you saying? Not, money alone is the uh, panacea. Then I, I'm saying that we we have to find out better, uh, find better ways to service people. But we just had a death in the family last last week, and that person was brought by ambulance in the emerge for one night, and the next uh, 12 days was in a room and got fantastic health care at Sunnybrook Health Center. So I'm just saying our our system does work, and yes, do, in overloaded times and times of flu, yeah, people are often in in uh, in the hallways for extended periods. The issue on the table is this super agency that the province is, <clears throat> is looking at to replace right. the local lenses. That's the right. immediate issue on the table. Right. And I think people should be weary of going with this super agency at the pro- provincial level. Healthcare in inner city Toronto is different than healthcare in Scarborough. It's different than well, healthcare in Well, they're talking about 30 Toronto. to 50 MyCare hubs. So it would be uh, more direct contact with the people and streamline the services, so they claim, as much as I know about it. I don't know that anybody knows Plant centrally. Okay, so This yeah. is a sucking sound yeah. towards the, uh, in, in, in the middle. Yeah, but look, you're a guy who should hate bureaucracy uh, and top-heavy management. That's what the lens were all about. Well, well, this would also this be what a super open. agency is all about, too. I don't know right? that. Again, I mean, it's speculative. This but is a fear-mongering. I, I, sit, I sit on a community advisory council for a local hospital. They have had a balanced budget going right back into the 90s. And under the Kathleen Wynne government, they took the responsibility for that budget away from them and gave it to the local integrated health network. It used to be even more local, and it was super successful. Right. And then they gave it to a bigger agency. Frankly, bigger doesn't necessarily mean better. All right, hang on. Uh, we'll come back. More topics worthy of discussion. It's just uh, you're leading a charmed existence there, Sparrow, in Brigadoon or wherever. No hospital wait times, MRIs right on call. I mean, this is uh, something. I hope to have surgery in the next three weeks and come in here with a cane, my friend. <laughs> All right.
I look forward to that, and I mean that in a nice way. Let's return more topics worthy of discussion. Oakley Show, Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.